in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, the, this is me. Uh, wow, wow, wow. I know I'm supposed to be appalled. I'm supposed to be totally appalled and shocked by that fight on the dock in Montgomery, Alabama. I know I'm supposed to be. Everybody in the media just totally heartbroken and losing their minds over everything that they're witnessing. And uh, I am somehow mostly unfazed. I'll tell you why in a second. Have you seen it? Uh, a, a, a rumble on a dock in Montgomery, Alabama is national news um, because they're uh, racializing it, right? It was essentially a fight. It looked like, uh, I mean, uh, that's the way it's being characterized. And there may be something to this, a bunch of black people versus a bunch of white people. Um, is that Has that ever happened before? Yeah, I guess it has. Um, but is that the only story here? And I think there's a lot more to it and a lot less to it at the same time. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. Hey, I just saw Joe Biden get off of Air Force One. So this is the thing now. Joe Biden, the president of the United States, can't swing the actual steps that a president takes to get on or off of Air Force One. You know, they have that big, that big uh, staircase that the front door of the Air Force One opens and you pull that staircase. It's usually a little truck with stairs and it's a pretty significant flight of stairs because we need presidents who are fit and can get up and down those steps. But uh, he can't. Um, he can't. So what do they do? They open up a little hatch in the back. There's a little, little hatch. And you come out like a, it's much lower to the ground. I mean, when you get on a plane, you go through those regular doors, right? Everybody does, even the VIPs, the doors. That's what they're made for. He's getting out of a little cargo hatch in the back. Why? Because it's much lower to the ground. Isn't that something? He can't. I mean, look, I'd rather him not fall down again. I, I don't want anything bad to happen to Joe. And if he keeps it up, he's going to get a compound fracture. So, I mean, it's quite frankly wise on their part to find an alternate. But it's interesting that it's not getting mentioned. I mean, this is a pretty significant departure in what do they call it? Protocol, right? The protocol has been has shifted and the president is now getting off through the cargo hatch in the back of the plane. Instead of going up and down the steps like a normal world leader. How about that? All right. So the, <laughs> I don't know why I'm chuckling at this. I, I know it's terrible. I don't like to see fights. I don't like violence, but I just find it a kind of weird that this video of, um, of a great big fist fight on some dock in Montgomery news to me. I didn't know that they even had water in Montgomery. Is that a, that's not a, that's not on the coast. What is it? A river? Is it the Mississippi River? What? I don't know. But they got it must be the Mississippi River because they got one of those big river boats and uh so anyway it looks like these bunch of guys were on a pontoon boat. Hey, I don't know what it is about boating, but something about boating and drinking beer, you gotta do them together. I don't think that's wise. I mean they really don't mix. Boating is very sensitive. I mean, there are a lot more ways to get in trouble uh boating than even driving a car. You know, you can really you gotta be you gotta know what you're doing and you gotta have your wits about you. Anyway, these guys uh, were told by a security guard to, uh, hey, you can't, you can't dock here because we got this big riverboat coming. And they said, screw you. And words were exchanged. And then they started beating the guy up. And then everybody started jumping in. And it sounded something like this. See what you can't see. First, they're beating up on this one guy. Now, the guy happens to be black, the security man. 
And everybody else happens to be white. Uh-oh. It's getting really bad. I don't like to see that. But then again, I mean, I just... Maybe it's because I've been to war. Maybe it's because I'm familiar with, uh, well, 300 million people in the country. You know how many rumbles there were on Friday night? Okay. There were hundreds, thousands. It's terrible, but it happens. Now a bunch of people come like it's like a counterattack. And this is where the media starts racializing everything. Well, they racialize it right off the bat. The white men and the black people who come to the rescue. Uh... And I, the thing is, I really don't quite frankly see it that way. I, I just don't see it that way because <laughs> right now it's, pu- it's pushing and punching and it's all bad. I'm sorry if I'm not as horrified as the fake news. And by the way, they're not horrified. They just think they're supposed to be horrified. All right. White, red, black, brown. You're supposed to be horrified by this, but let's get real. You're not that horrified. I see stuff online. I've seen, I've seen people decapitated online. Sorry, but I have. You may have seen that too. Remember? Remember ISIS and all that stuff? So this is not, you know, it's like, whoa, that's one hell of a fight. Uh, I don't know if it started because of race. People sometimes get into fights all the time. It has nothing to do with race. I notice. As a matter of fact, I saw a great big rumble over the weekend, and uh, it was a bunch of white people very angry at each other over some perceived slight. I saw it online, but there's always people are always at each other's throats. Again, I don't like it, but, you know, we do have prisons. We do have jails. We're all, always going to have prisons. We're always going to have jails. So the worst thing I see here, the, the really the worst thing, which gets totally, totally, totally unmentioned, totally unmentioned, there is this woman who happens to be white, and they are beating her up. She's sitting down. She was not, believe me, she was not hitting that security guard. She's just this big, rather large white woman sitting and getting beaten up on the dock. Now, if you want to talk race, uh, she happens to be white. And, yeah, the people beating her up happen to be black. And, again, I quite frankly don't care. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I don't like violence. I don't want there to be violence, but there will always be violence. And so I'm not. And it's uh, but then a guy walks up with a chair. Now, there's one thing to do this in a cartoon. You know, they're always hitting each other over the head with furniture, Abbott and Costello with the three stooges. But he hits her over the head with a chair. Full kind of force. He go, he winds up right over his head and then bam. On to her head. So I see a, 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 a melee, a fight, pushing, shoving, punching, right? I can, I don't want to, I don't like it, but I can live with it, to be honest. I can, I mean, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's unpleasant. Wouldn't want to be there. But then I see in the middle of it, attempted murder. And the person uh, doing the attempted murdering, <laughs> the attempting to murder, happens to be a black man and the woman happens to be white but this is the to me this is the crux of the story but everybody else it's like it's 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 just invisible to them so shall we do this yeah let's uh it's all over the news it's everywhere and well you know how this is this is a narrative a narrative a narrative is a story right you have to have a and in a story you have to have a good person you have to have a bad person you have to have a struggle and an antagonist and what do they call it an antagonist a protagonist and uh, i can never keep those straight by the way i think the protagonist is the 
is the good guy. The antagonist is everybody who's antagonizing him. And here the protagonist is the security guard who happens to be black, who's just trying to do his job. And he probably is. But then again, the video is from like a quarter mile away. Maybe he said something awful. Maybe there were where I don't know. Anyway, listen to how the fake news is playing this. They are ignoring the attempted murder. Go. Uh, let's do the, let's see, let's do, we're going to do C- CNN or the ABC News. Let's do CNN first. Cut 17. A news conference has been scheduled for tomorrow afternoon on what led to that wild weekend brawl at the Riverfront Park in downtown Montgomery, Alabama. This happened Saturday evening when a black dock worker was trying to get a pontoon boat moved so the city's riverboat could have room to dock. But an all-out fight broke out when one of the white boaters assaulted the employee. Stop! Brian Young had- you're, the, you're those white boaters. The white boater. See, they always they don't say the, the the race of the security guards. The white boater. The white boater. How about the boater? How about the jerk? How about the jerk who threw the first punch? No. It's got to be about race. We don't know, actually, if this has anything to do with race. This could be rival whatever. Anyway, I'm sorry. Keep going. Sinan's Ryan Young has more on that chaotic scene, all caught on video. An altercation on a Montgomery, Alabama boat dock over the weekend between a group of white boaters and a black employee escalated into a massive brawl that resulted in multiple arrests. Montgomery Mayor Stephen Reed is calling for justice to be served for attacking a man who was doing his job. It's an unfortunate incident, and... um, It's something that we're investigating right now. We'll continue to go through that process uh, before we take any additional steps. It all began when the black employee was trying to clear the dock space with the Riverside cruise, the Harriet 2 normally docks. The cruiser was about to return to shore and needed its space to dock. You know, just doing his job. And for some reason, they didn't like it. They didn't want to move the boat. And he decided to get physical with him. You can see in the video the black employee on the dock arguing with one of the men from the pontoon boat and then another shirtless white man charging at the employee and hitting him in the face. All right, stop for a second. This sounds like every stupid fight I've ever seen or heard of in Seaside Heights, New Jersey. All right, this stuff happens. It happens. It's especially when the shirtless white man, he's a shirtless white man, and the black man was just doing his job. Well, I don't know. Maybe the... What if it was the other way around? I mean, I hate to, I, I quite frankly don't like that comparison, but what if it was a, what if it was a white security officer telling a bunch of black boaters that they could not park there? Hmm? <laughs> Something, I smell a civil rights lawsuit already. <laughs> right? That doesn't it totally change the net, right? What if, a, oh, those, like a, a white security guard with some power trip, right? Anyway, listen, I don't like these guys. The shirtless, what is it called? The shirtless, well, I don't like them. Because whatever the hell happened and whatever was said, he did throw the first punch. And that's wrong. I don't know if it's ABC World News Tonight wrong. <laughs> CNN Global Edition wrong. Uh, but it's wrong. Anyway, uh, let's keep going. After that, you can see several others join in on the attack of the dock employee. In some of the video, which has gone viral, with millions of views, people on the boat can be heard yelling for someone to go help the employee. Then at one point, you can see a young man who has jumped off the boat, swimming ashore to help the man who was being attacked. The boat got closer, the guys and the crew members and everybody got off, and 
that's when it happened. That's the reason why I, when they got off the boat, they came right to that smaller boat. And that's what more What the hell did that ensued. mean? I, it's a little bit too much detail. Tactical, whatever. Uh, she's not making any sense. Uh, when, uh, somebody needed to give her a Kleenex, by the way, when I was, I was watching that on the news. She had a bit of a big issue there in the nose region. Keep going. And that's when more fighting ensues, turning into an all-out brawl that included several people getting hit over the head with a folding chair. Soon after, officers started trying to... Stop! I'm sorry. You hear what he just said? Which involves several people getting hit over the head with a chair. What they don't show you is several people getting hit over the head with a chair. What is available, what I'm looking at right here, several people getting hit over the head with a chair. Now, why aren't they showing it? Why don't they show it? Well, it really disrupts the race narrative they want to push here, okay? Because it happens to be a big black man hitting a big black woman with that chair who is sitting down defenseless. She is sitting down, uh, like, not sitting down like, you know, taking it easy, like sitting down. She's been knocked to the ground. She's taken several blows to the face, breast, chest, neck, and head. And then this guy walks up and hits her over the head with a chair, also known as attempted murder, <laughs> it's funny. They, it just sounds like they're just throwing a lot of words in here, hoping that we don't catch up or catch on. Keep going. Take control, handcuffing people in the fight. You know, they were the antagonists of the whole situation. Arrest them, because unfortunately, when things happen, people of color are the first to put, be put in handcuffs. Many questions remain about the melee. Now, what the hell kind of statement very- is that? What the hell kind of like, they just uh, uncritically, they never explain who this person is sitting there from their computer. I guess she was on the riverboat, right? Yeah, she was on the riverboat. But that's one heck of a statement, huh? Because a lot of people were arrested. A lot of people were arrested. Uh, black people were arrested. White people were arrested. You know who they, the one person I, they fortunately got was the guy who did the attempted murdering with the chair. All right, let's wrap it up. Across racial lines. We are fully engaged and we are doing all of our due diligence to find out exactly what took place. Yeah, they're talking about that investigation right now. What we've been told from police is four warrants have been issued. Of course, we did see some people being detained uh, yesterday in that video. But now we're told four warrants have been taken out for arrest. We're not sure who they're looking for, but at some point they're probably going to put handcuffs on somebody again. In this case, it's really spread and taken over the Internet at this point. Yeah, I mean, and we'll see what we learn tomorrow about those potential arrests in this in this press conference. But what's amazing also here is what you said there about how many views this has. I mean, these videos have just gone viral of people watching what was documented from several different angles here. Well, when you think about it, the racial implications uh, behind this, people really saw a man who was trying to do his job and all those folks on the boat tried to come to his aid. The young man who jumped in the water at this point has so many nicknames on the Internet It's not even funny. And we've learned that he's on the age of 18. He swam all the way across to help that worker. Um, So many people trying to figure out exactly what happened and why this escalated. Yeah, we'll see if we get answers tomorrow. Ryan Young, thank you. All right, we'll leave out the attempted murdering. (laughs) I'm sorry, but if you grab a chair and you, with your full force, hit somebody over the head with it, that's like a... I think that's a threat to someone's life, don't you think? Aquaman, though, good job, but, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I always like to see fights broken up. I don't like to see fights, but was it just, uh, was it like, okay, everyone's in with their own race? Everyone, I, I, I wouldn't have jumped in. 
I wouldn't. I, I mean, I, I, I just, I just, you can't necessarily. You can, in that case, you can't tell who's the who's the bad guy, who's the good guy. Initially, initially, maybe there might be confusion. What do they call it? Fog of war. But one thing, two things were very clear cut to me. The guy who threw the first punch, yes, lock him up, and quite frankly, his uh, his little posse there as well. Uh, and get the guy with the chair. That's the attempted murderer. That's the guy who needs to go to Oh, they all going to need to go to jail. But it probably shouldn't have been on the news. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. August 8th, August 8th, 2023. Very important day in history. Number one. One year ago today, the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago. And I tell you, that was one of the low moments, the low moments in this country's history. I mean, I it's the moment where I really, I kind of felt afraid for America. I really did. It was, that was the moment, like, I I was panicked. I mean, not panicked. I just couldn't believe it. They what? They what? They what? August 8th, 2022. Total and complete disgrace. What they have done to this man, what they're trying to do to this man. And he can't even defend himself. He can't even defend himself. That's what they're trying to do right now. That silly judge, that conflicted uh, judge who actually worked at the same law firm with Hunter Biden. They worked there at the same time. You can't have that. You can't. What's her name? Tanya Chutkin. Total Trump hater throwing those January 6th people in jail for even longer than what the prosecutors were calling for. It's all insane. So they're trying to say Trump cannot be speaking about this stuff. They want to keep him uh, from talking about the prosecutor, from talking about the judge. He can't be on Truth Social. Um, well, screw all of that. Yes, he can be. You know, what, what did you guys do? <laughs> You've been trying to taint the jury pool. Um, well, since he came down the escalator, you know, you're criminalizing everything he's done. The Russia hoax, huh? How about the hearings, the, 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 the first impeachment, the second impeachment, January 6th. The January 6th was uh, the second impeachment. Then we had the hearings in the summer of 2021, more hearings in the summer of 2022, prime time, all these indictments. And the message is always that Trump is a monster and a threat to democracy, and he can't defend himself. Fat chance, judge. Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, this is good. Did you see this? Oh, Mitch McConnell was trying to give a speech in Kentucky about various issues concerning the American people. And the people of Kentucky have totally had it with this rhino. Uh, so he's giving a speech, and you can't hear a damn word of it because everyone's yelling and screaming, Retire, go home, you rhino. Listen to this. Eh? <laughs> retire, retire. I love it. Mitch McConnell, you should retire, Mitch. <laughs> it's amazing. How do these guys get in office? How did he ever get there in the first place? He is a career politician, big time. Uh, he's been there since. Um, He's been in Congress. Uh, I don't know. He started working for politicians when he was in his 20s. 
He was a member of the House of Representatives first. I think he became a senator in like 1980, 84, something like that. And uh, he basically uh, stuck it to Trump. You know, Trump uh, gave his wife, Elaine Chow, also known as Coco, for whatever reason, <laughs> a uh, job there. What was she? Secretary of uh, Labor, Interior, uh, uh, Transportation. One of those, one of those less important departments. That's what. That's what she ran. Mitch McConnell. You know, these guys, they are so taken with themselves and the perks and the and the tradition of the Senate. You know, there's nothing in there, nothing in the Constitution about the traditions of the Senate. All this cloakroom crap that they came up with to make themselves uh, even more important and immovable. It was never supposed to be like this, a permanent governing class. Now, listen to how crazy it's gotten. I mean, here's Mitch McConnell a few years ago giving a tour to C-SPAN of his lair. He's got they. you know what these guys have? They not only do they have offices, they have district offices, then they have hideaway offices, then they have uh, these special suites that they get. They actually call them hideaway offices. Capitol's a very big building and they all get a little special little lair, a little tucked away lair. And he loves this stuff. The security, the cars, the perks, all of it. Well, being an important person for decades. Well, it really, it's not supposed to be about them. It's supposed to be about us. It's supposed to be public service. And this man is not about public service. No way. You know way you just go around talking about all the stuff you have. Here he is. This is stuff that we pay for. We do. It's our money, not yours, Mitch. Do we have this ready? All right, this is this is a tour showing off all the crap he's got. And this is government offices. This is not his house. This is the United States Capitol. Listen to this guy. That time is spent in here. I spend most of my time here. Um, like all senators, I have another office uh, in the Russell building. Uh, we have three Senate offices. But I have, as a result of being leader, I have sort of two offices and two sets of staff. The, the staff here... Uh, deals with all of the senators. My staff in Russell is mainly oriented toward Kentucky and my responsibilities there. But just to keep myself from running back and forth all the time, I, I generally operate out of here. If the people from the, the Russell office have constituents or concerns, they usually come over here. Um, you'd be interested in what I have on the wall. Yeah, this all right, so it's uh, a pa- all these paintings and stuff like that, these knickknacks from the museum that they borrowed. The thing that gets me about this uh, footage, as you as he walks through all of these rooms, it's not just an office. It's not like an office, you know, you go see Joe in accounting. He is an office. This guy has a lair. I mean, how many offices have living rooms, right? Have living rooms and dining rooms and foyers and all this crap. And one of the things, oh, I know what it is. <laughs> I counted three fireplaces. With three fireplaces. I mean, this is the, these people are so crazy out of touch. Um, it's kind of amusing. Meanwhile, Trump, Trump is the threat. Yes, he's a threat to guys like Mitch McConnell. Totally. <laughs> Wants to upend how they do business. Cut 16, please. Relax, everybody. When he says, I'm going to come after you, uh, Many people could think that is that is directed toward them, and it could be intimidating. It sounds like he's threatening violence or some kind of severe repercussion. Threatening potential jurors and witnesses by saying, you go after me, I'll come after you. That's a threat. That's out of a Godfather movie. Wow, that's uh, Michael Beschloss. That's out of a Godfather movie, really? 
If you come after me, I'll come after you. Ooh. Uh, basically, that's not as ominous as you guys are trying to make it sound. If you come after me, I'll come after you. Isn't that kind of like 101 in politics, right? I think he's talking to the, uh, the other Republicans who are continually being pressured to say something bad about Trump. Every day they're goading these people into saying something bad about Trump and they don't want to because they know where the people are. They know the people support Trump and you know, there could be blowback. But every day they try to get them to say something. Anyway, you don't. this is not a threat, but you see how they want to, you know, so he can't even say that. He, what do you want him to say? You want him to be just like you. You want him to be afraid. You want him to go home. You wish he had never even shown up. Uh, let's see what's going on around here. Tommy, hello. Hey, Greg, what's going on, my friend? Not much. How you doing? Good. All right, good, good. Greg, I remember you back when they did the gospel fest at the Prudential Center. Me and you and your mother took pictures backstage, you know, and all of that. Wasn't that great? I love that. I love gospel fest. That was a lot of fun. McDonald's gospel fest. Right, I got our picture, and I always uh, keep it hanging. But I want to talk about, you keep saying this attempted murder. Yes. The, the, the act of attempted murder started when all the white people jumped on that one little black man who was doing his job. Now, hold on. Right, wait, wait, wait. Tommy, I want to talk to you about this first, but let's, uh, let's go through it. Um, let's pretend that everybody was white, including the security guard, or everybody was black, including the security guard, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but I've been out on the Saturday night. I've, uh, particularly when I was younger, I w- I'd see bar fights. I'd see all kinds of things. And I've seen stuff like that before. I just have. I'm sure you have. I mean, try to take race out of it for a second. I don't know if that's attempted murder. Now, granted, you could get, you, if somebody pushes you, you could fall and hit your head on the, on the concrete and you could die. I mean, so, you know, the, the, the bad things can happen even in mild conflicts. But you really want to call that attempted murder, that the pushing? And no, the, no, the, no, 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 great, great. Listen to me. I want to keep race out of it 100%. But it was five white people attacking one black man doing his job. The issue is, and let's deal with the issue. The issue is when all those other brothers came to the rescue of the brother, then it turned ugly. But I bet you one thing, and, and this is what I want to leave on. I bet you one thing, those people in Alabama won't try that again. huh? They ain't going to try that again because it was an ugly, ugly situation, no doubt. Hey, the but- thing was ugly. The thing was totally ugly. Look, it kind of breaks my heart. You heard what I said about the attempted murder. I do stand by that. I think you take a, p- a chair and you hit it over somebody's head. You're trying to kill the person. I didn't see anybody trying to kill anybody before that, you know. And I do think maybe there's something I don't know, but uh, you know, uh, people sticking up for people who look like them was that going on? I guess you know, and some of that might be natural. I don't know, but I mean, the whole thing is kind of heartbreaking, you know. Hey, can I ask you something though? Let's think about it for a moment. What if just think about? The security guard, if he were white and everybody else were black, and he was telling them that he could, they could not park their boat there. I mean, right there, doesn't that take on a different kind of mood? A white oh, security, oh, a, a white security officer telling a bunch of black boaters to move their boat. I have a feeling that might be. 
I think that it just totally just twists the whole situation upside down. Don't you think a little bit? Well, well, let's look at that. Of course, I'm an anti-violence person. So let's look at that. If it had been five or seven black people attacking one white person, it, 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 the, the narrative of what people are trying to justify wouldn't wait. It's sort of like Hunter Biden bull crap. It don't wait. So at some point in time, you got to say the truth is the light. And the truth is the light is if those white people hadn't attacked that one black man, those other people wouldn't have came to his defense. Can I ask you this? Can I ask you this? Because people attack people all the time. You know what I mean? People, there have been um, there have been fights between a group of white guys and a white security officer. I did see one and when I was in college, a bouncer, and there was a horrible violence and there was blood. Everybody involved was white. So it does kind of, you know, it does make me a little bit sad, like, you know, you and look to some extent me, you know, like we're, okay, the white guys did that and the black guy did this and then the black guys came to defend the black. I mean, I just can't the race. How about people? People. Is it possible to talk about this as people? Because you know as well as I do that black people beat up black people and white people beat up black white people and it happens all the time. But why is this? This is why does this thing go viral? Why does this thing get on the nightly news? Why is this thing debated on CNN? Because it's race. And some people, by the way, can profit from that. You know who more than anybody else? Democrat politicians. They're trying to exploit this. Tommy, they want you and I at each other's throats. No, well, no, I wouldn't say that. What they want is people to be kind and nice and respect one another. No, 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 no. I don't, no, no, no. I don't think Democrats want that. I think they want, they want the opposite. I think Joe, you ain't black Biden. You remember that? You remember that? That, that man, that man is going to try to teach America about race. That he doesn't want to live in a racial jungle. That guy, that guy who accuses a black interviewer who, of being a junkie. Right? Remember that? This man, he is a total and complete out-and-out racist. No, 1,000%. Especially, and I'll say this, a man from Delaware, 1972. He would have been an outlier if he was uh, woke and uh, alive about issues of race. Delaware, very much a southern state back then. Anyway, Tommy, uh, look, I think there's more... uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Tommy, what else is going on? Real quick, what do you do? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I, I'm performing this Saturday in Newark in Ivy Hill. I'm a professional tap dancer, so I MC and host shows. And I'm the coach and the president of a Little League here in Newark. And Saturday is trophy day. So we got kids from age 4, 5, 6, 7, 9, 10, 11, all the way up to 13 getting their trophies this Saturday. And I'm presenting them to them, and these are kids that I've been coaching for years. So there is a positive side to all of this, and that positive side is if you continue to give back to your community, you can make a difference. Well, I love it, Tommy. Very, very beautiful. Have fun Saturday. We'll be looking for you. What is it called at the Ivy? The Ivy Hill International Food Festival at Ivy Hill Park. And, and check this out. The park is right across the street from where the three kids was murdered years ago by the uh, MS-13 
uh, gang at Mount Vernon School. And that's when I started volunteering up in this community. And I've been coaching and community activists and organizing up here ever since the murders. And, and so we're doing good up here in Ivy Hill. This Saturday, if anybody's on there, come to Newark. I'm the MC and host. We're going to have a great show. And, Greg, I just want to thank you, man. And I got your picture hanging up in my office at home. I, you're so kind, Tommy. Hey, I kind of remember that. That was, uh, was that 10, 15 years ago, 10 years ago or so? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the uh, the school, it was in the schoolyard, and uh, that was terrible, terrible. Uh, Tommy, many thanks. Please keep in touch, and uh, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The candy situation has been replenished. Back to my weaknesses. Uh, we got um, Sour Patch Kids, Sour Patch Straws, uh, like they're like licorice, but in Sour Patch form. Uh, we got Now and Laters, which I haven't had since 1981. I've had three packs this week. And it's Tuesday. <laughs> Just, I got a, I got a bit of a problem. I, I guess I do. Um, uh, let's see here. Hey, you know who else has a big, big, big problem? Um, and you can kind of look at him. He is deranged. Do we want to talk about that now? Yeah, real quick, actually. Alan Dershowitz is a hero. I love this guy. Alan Dershowitz is not afraid. You know who I'm talking about, the uh, Harvard law professor who has every right in the world to just not give a damn and sit on the beach at this point. But he's 83 years old. He's churning out books left and right. He stands for free speech. He thinks the prosecution of Trump is absolutely a crime. Um, and he found another crime, though. Jack Smith, the prosecutor himself, is probably guilty of a crime. Cut 14, please. The indictment itself contains a blatant lie by Jack Smith. He describes the speech in the indictment and deliberately and willfully leaves out the key words of the speech. Namely, that the president told his people to uh, protest peacefully and patriotically. By leaving out those words, it's a lie by omission. And under the standards set out in the indictment, you know, Jack Smith could be indicted. We all know about lies and sins of omission, right? That's a real thing. Thank you very much. And uh, here's what he said. This is you can watch you can watch the fake news 24 uh, seven. They'll never show you what Trump said, which is the ultimate in exculpatory material, i.e. stuff that makes him innocent. Cut 15. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. No, obviously an incitement. Obviously an incitement. He is so innocent. It's crazy. Uh, now they're getting ready to do something cr- stupid in um, Atlanta. Uh, this is really corrupt, and they're counting on us. They're counting on us uh, being too stoned and distracted and powerless to do anything about it. Doesn't work that way, though, does it? No, no, sir, Bob. Um if anybody knows a good drone I should buy, I really, really want one, but there are just too many to pick from. You know what I mean? There are just too many. Christine, you're in Dutchess County. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. you got to get off the sugar, man. Corroding your brain. Uh, easy there. That's uh, <laughs> cocaine and marijuana. I'm, ha- I'm having jelly beans, all right? I mean, that's uh, corroding my brain. 
That's a little much, don't you think? Well, you got to read the studies. But anyway, I'm calling because I was just at a patient's home, and I saw a picture of Donald Trump on the wall. And I said, oh, I said, are you a real patriot? You're a Donald Trump supporter. And she said, well, she said, I worked for him for many, many years. And she had a very high-ranking job in the area of, like, his branding, whatever, like, had the Trump name on it. Um, you know, she was very wealthy, lived in a beautiful home, so she was she was a big wig. And I said, so tell me, are all the things they say about Trump true, that he's this horrible person? She said, absolutely not. And she's not like a MAGA supporter. I could, you know, she said, I don't agree with him politically in many ways. She said, but he was a great boss. He was very respectful. You never had to ask him for a raise. Um, she said he was a good guy and he was brilliant. Hey, is it that Carol uh, Kuttner, Kettner from the from the Apprentice? Is it her? No, and I, I wouldn't say who it was anyway. But no. Well, you pretty much her. gave it away, almost. Um, uh, no, I'm sorry, you didn't. Uh, but you know who I'm talking about. It's not her. I don't even know who that is. But no, it's not her. She worked for she worked for Donald Trump. It was years ago. Does she have blonde hair? No. All right. Anyway, and then so when she moved on. She moved on to another job, and um, it was she was doing something uh, with theater, and she invited Trump and his family to come to the opening, and she said, you know, I hadn't worked for him for a while, and he came and showed up and supported me in my new um, job. So you know, she said he was tough. They had to wrangle him in and make sure he didn't say too much, you know, stupid stuff. But she said he's a good guy, and a lot of people don't realize that. Stupid and stuff. He I knows feel. what he's saying. No, it's interesting. Yeah, the the man behind the myth. You know, they're always lying about him nonstop, nonstop. He's one of the nicest guys I've ever met, quite frankly, and um and most interesting. And yeah, tough and all that stuff. And he's wild, and that's good. It's part of the reason why we like him. Anyway, I'm glad. What were you doing in that house? Um, I do home care for physical therapy. No. I was helping someone in the home. It wasn't the woman. It was someone, a family member in the home. All right. Well, that sounds like it's a great line of work. Good for you. Everything else okay? Everything's good. But I also want to tell you, I used to love you with, when you were with Rosanna Scotto. And I used to think to myself, this guy is not your typical, like, follow the rules kind of, like, news guy. Like, I always thought you, you had a little something special. And um, I'm just glad to see what you're doing now. It just seems to really fit who you are. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, you. Uh, I love those years with Rosanna, and um, you know, it was uh, it was great. I talked to her just the other day, and um, I had to go through that to get to this uh, to get to this. And you're right; it's much more suited for me. But I didn't know. I didn't know back then. And um, you're so kind. Thank you, uh, Christine. To be continued, stay in touch. There's the the music. Um, man, that seems like a long time ago. That's lifetimes ago. August 8th, 2023. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, it's really great. Uh, people are starting to talk about the election in 2020 in kind of a upfront kind of way reminding people that yeah they changed all the rules because of covid uh yeah it was by uh, definition a matter of logic open to fraud and coercion and we're looking into that and you know some people have real evidence of that stuff happening people like bernie carrick bernie carrick the former police commissioner he and rudy giuliani you know the nobody else would investigate it 
Uh, so he did. And you're allowed to do that in America still, still. And it's amazing how, like, you may not be as powerful as you think. Do you think the president of the United States could order that? He couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't get the FBI to do it. He couldn't get anybody to do it. He essentially had to pay these guys. Well, I mean, I think they did it because they're patriots. But, you know, I mean, he had to get his own people to do it. All right. Hey, do we have this thing in uh, Montgomery? Let's just listen to two minutes, okay? So this big fight at the dock. Told you about it. They're making such a big deal out of it. Well, now it's uh, it's on cable news right now. The police chief talking about a big rumble on the dock. I have seen since on social media. I'll give you a timeline as the way the calls came in and the Montgomery Police Department's response. The original All right. call came I, in I at actually, 7 I, I actually, the, the times don't matter. I don't care if it's 7 p.m. or 7 in the morning. And I know, and like, so he's not going to talk about the merit, the, he's not going to, and I know the cops showed up and they started arresting people. The cops actually did a good job as far as I can see. They even arrested, they especially arrested the attempted murderer, the attempted murderer, the guy with the, uh, the guy with the chair who hit it over that woman's head. You're not supposed to do that. Let me just check back with this guy one more time, see if he, uh, what, to police headquarters for questioning and interviews. All right, Those this is just standard police procedure. It's, it's standard police procedure stuff. You know, in cable news, sometimes you know they put people on the, just to take up time. You know, that's 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 part of it. James Flippin, welcome. How are you? Hey, Greg, I'm good. Um, the news guy, what's going on out there? What should I know about? What have we missed so far? If well, anything? if you were planning on going swimming on Rockaway Beach today or surfing, that's not an option. Because of the sharks? Because of the shark attack. Uh, was this the situation where they were swimming at night without lifeguards, or what happened? Uh, I think it happened around 6 o'clock or so. So, I mean, I guess there would have been maybe no lifeguards for the day. but I heard they took a bite out of the, – the shark took a bite out of one guy, but he lived. Woman. Yeah, her leg. Yikes. Got the whole leg? Well, I mean, her leg was gashed pretty badly to the extent that the blood loss put her in serious condition, I think it was. But now she's expected to be okay. How shallow was the water? She wasn't far from the shoreline, apparently. That's what everybody's saying, not far from shore. What are we going to do about this? Well, I mean, you know, it's like some of the surfers that they talked to out there said, we see these sharks all the time. It's just a question of how big are they? You know, in order for her to get a significant wound on her leg, you would think that it would have to be a large enough mouth radius, like, you know, something like a bull shark or maybe something like that to really cause some serious damage. But if it hit an artery, then you never know. Well, it could have been a great white. Maybe. That's the one from Jaws. That is. We haven't heard those reports, of course. All right. Who is this woman? Do we know anything about her? She's from Queens, 65 years old. I <gasps> I, I thought I heard that uh, she had been surfing at the time. But then again, I heard close to the water. So there's some discrepancy there. All right, and I assume she wasn't doing anything to upset the shark. I don't think so, other than being in its home. Well, excuse me. Uh, this ocean, I think, and uh, he's got plenty of ocean to choose from. He's got to go swimming by the beach. Plus, shouldn't the 65-year-old woman know that going to the beach is a really lame vacation, as Greg Kelly has told us before excuse on these airwaves? Excuse me. Don't oh. put – that's the shoe putting on the other foot. Oh, I'm no, sorry. that's not nothing. Oh. I, I am in total respect. I've got enough problems. <laughs> Thank you very much. You try to stir the pot. She's fine. She's fine. And yeah. I, I mean, she's going to be okay, right? Yeah. She, yeah. Supposedly she's going to be okay. I guess they got, you know, the, the bleeding stopped and all that kind of stuff. So, um, she's recovering. 
Listen to you. You make it sound like no big deal. She was bitten by a shark. Well, no, like, I mean, well, well, they stopped the bleeding and she's fine. No, I think because she's we don't probably, want people to think that she's in grave condition right now. I'm sure she is in grave condition. She just lost 20 pounds of flesh. Did you see that part of the article? <laughs> 20, pounds. 20 pounds of flesh. Did, did it really and say blood? that? Yes. And here you are. Oh, she's <laughs> fine. Apparently, you know more of the details than I do. Well, I don't like that. But no, I, I did read that. So, all right. Well, that's good. Any other shark tax? Uh, nothing in terms, well, there have been others this summer, um, that people have talked about. I think this was probably the most significant one. But no, in terms of other stories we're looking at, you know, obviously the Rand, Randall's Island tent cities going up. Um, you know, the city says they're. Didn't we start that once before? We talked about it, I think, yesterday. Cause no, 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 no. I mean, didn't it, didn't they do a tent city there before? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think Adams, I just played the sound from him. He said last time they set it up, they had 15,000 migrants here in the city. Now it's up to 97,000. Yeah, but nobody went. I mean, 15,000, only three showed up. Mm. Uh, you know what? Now that they have seven times as many, are like, you know, 21 going to show up? I don't uh, know. I, I mean, don't maybe know. people look at it as nicer than sleeping on the streets. Well, he's totally incompetent, and whatever the issue is, he's going to mishandle it. Uh, he's just so in over his head. A silly, unserious man, and that's uh, that's what we got. And... uh I still think maybe I should run against him. Now, it's going to get very tense around here if I do it, and Curtis is out there saying, you know, I'm going to run. <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's it's going to get it's going to be a problem. But I mean, didn't you say that you would run on the Democratic side if you did it? Look, I'm, tell, I'm putting a fair amount of misinformation and disinformation out there to keep the competition guessing and confused. But I have a plan. I have a plan. And not even Curtis, with all of his political acumen and skill and experience, which he does have a lot, uh, that I think could uh, shock the world. So we'll see. Maybe you could be the swagger man with a plan. The swag. You see, the th- problem with what you just said—that's not even become a thing. The swagger <laughs> man. You know what I mean? Remember, like that's a long time ago. That's two years ago. Saturday Night Live, and he came out, or this guy came out, and like he was going to be the. Nobody remembers. Nobody cares. All we see is a failed mayor, and a, a man is just not equipped for the job. Uh, but no, I encourage Curtis to do what he's got to do, but, uh, I, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. That won't be a big news story though. Two, uh, hosts at the same station going head to head. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Republican, well, I don't, again, I don't want to get into the tactics right now. All right. So there's the, the shark situation. What else? Yeah. We also have NJ Transit rail engineers potentially considering a strike. They're going to vote their union. Because they say they haven't gotten a raise since 2019, so striking is all the rage these days. All right. Well, when it happens, let us know. I'm and, not gonna, they're, they're always, always potentially thinking about something. And then this is kind of interesting. On Friday, New York's state supreme court is going to have a hearing considering the way marijuana dispensaries are handed out. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if you're, I mean, you are aware, but maybe the listening audience might that not. Criminals be get the permits. Exactly. And basically, a group of veterans sued and said that's unconstitutional. So right now, everything's kind of on hold as they try to figure that out. Well, they're going to have a hearing in Albany. Mm. <laughs> it's not exactly going to. It'll be riveting, I'm sure. I mean, look, too many people are smoking pot. I walked 10 blocks. I actually walked about 15 blocks today, and I smelled marijuana. I, I started tracking it for half of my journey. I smelled it. Smell uh, the the aroma of weed. It used to be something like you smelled it once on a Friday night. Right, like, every now and do then. Do you smell that? Oh my God! Should I call the cops? Where's it coming? I, from? I smell that. I smell that. Now it's it's everywhere. People are getting checked out. Don't care. You know the there are lots of harmful side effects, and even the good side effects. You know, no anxiety, relaxation. Those are bad. You got to have a little bit of angst in your life if you want to 
you know, if you want to get anything done. Yeah, I think that's actually probably true. Everything in moderation, right? Including moderation. Um, all right. Do you have any thoughts on the, uh, let me just see if I, do we have the ABC News report? Do me a favor. Stick around for this. So we all know now about the, the national news media is trying to make this a thing. I'm trying to make it less of a thing. This rumble on the dock. I'm like, I am not moved by it. I'm sorry. I've seen people fight before. I've seen all kinds of things. And this is not one of the things that keeps you up at night. It shouldn't. Except there is a race narrative, right? White versus black. And there's nothing less cool in America today than being a shirtless white man drinking a beer uh, near a boat. That is about the lowest class thing you can be right now. And the best thing in the world you can be is a black man doing your job. Now, I just see people. I just, I really like to think, I mean, I just see people. It doesn't matter, and I don't think it should matter here, but, all right, let's, this is the eight, so you know what happened, right? They were, who knows, there was a great big fight, a great big rumble, and uh, here's ABC News carrying the story. Ian, thank you. Back here now, the mayor of Montgomery, Alabama, is promising justice after an ugly brawl at the city's riverfront park. Video of the incident appears to show that a group of boaters had docked in a spot reserved for a riverboat. And when a crew member tried to move their boat, things turned physical, others jumping in to help. Here's ABC's Steve Osinsami. The fight that broke out here in Montgomery, Alabama, is being celebrated tonight all over the Internet for the way police responded and for the way that black eyewitnesses came to this dock worker's rescue. Those guys who parked there were told not to leave it there, and they left it there. Witnesses say it started when this crew member in the white uniform tried moving a boat that the owners had parked in this spot. He was trying to make room for a riverboat that was on the way in. That's when a shirtless man came to confront the dock worker, and then his friends came out, and then one of them got violent, beating the crew member. In seconds, there were several people outnumbering him, and this woman even seen kicking him while he was down. When the first punches were thrown, we all, you just felt so helpless for that man. Like, there's five or six of them on him. But all of a sudden, black eyewitnesses who were watching decided it was time to help the man who was being beaten, running, even swimming up to the scene, beating back on the people who attacked the man. Police came in minutes and, according to Montgomery's mayor, detained several reckless individuals for attacking a man who was doing his job. <laughs> Just... All right, is there more? Warrants out so far and that there could be more once they finish looking at this videotape. They also say that the fighting, and they mean all of the fighting, was intolerable. Mary? Yeah, hard to watch. Steve, thank you. You mean the fighting where they the attempted to murder the woman with the chair over her head? I'm sorry, but I, I mean, in the middle of that melee, it's bad. I don't like fighting. I don't like to see people punched and all that stuff. I don't like to see anybody ganged up upon, but I have seen it. I think we've all seen it. Has anyone ever been to a parking lot outside of a football game? I mean, it, these things happen. And, uh, but I did see a woman get hit over the head with a chair while she's sitting down and completely helpless. Now, why didn't we hear about that in the story? Any guesses? No. Well, let me tell that. Let me. Uh, she's white, and the guy with the chair is black. And uh, let's see. But but black eyewitnesses came to the Doc Walker's rescue. That's all the truth they think we can handle. That's all the truth that we can comprehend, or that's all that they're prepared to say. Otherwise, it gets very complicated. Complicated. Life is complicated. 
You know, there's good and bad in everybody. You know, there's shades of gray. There's all kinds of weird stuff. Bunch of stuff happens. You know, Homer Simpson. They're trying to, in one episode, they're trying to figure out the, 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 the moral of the story and the theme of life. And Homer comes out and says, Dad, there is no theme. A bunch of stuff just happens. And sometimes that's true, especially in journalism. But the journalists say, there's a story and a narrative and a thread, and we must weave, and we must, uh, and then social and racial justice. Shut up. A bunch of stuff just happens. You know, some idiot jerks punched the guy, and then some idiot jerks came and overreacted, in my opinion, and hit an innocent woman in the head with a chair. What's her condition? They're not telling us that. Yeah, well, I mean, look, Greg, I'll tell you, I don't know much about this Alabama story, because like you said, it's hard to make sense of it, given how chaotic the footage is, and really it's kind of shot from far away, and you don't know what led up to it exactly. But I will say, as a member of the news media here in New York, it is pretty fascinating how that kind of stuff happens in terms of story selection and you know what really gets the most attention, what goes in terms of national news, that kind of thing. And we have this uh, professional dancer who's being laid to rest today in Philadelphia, O'Shea Sibley, who was stabbed to death out in Brooklyn a couple weekends ago. Oh, the gay guy? Yeah. And he was stabbed, uh, allegedly, by a Muslim teen. And allegedly, there was some homophobic language that was used. But again, we don't really hear that much about that aspect of the story. And it's almost as if there's a a ranking or some sort of, like, you know, hierarchy system when it comes to some of this uh, identity politics stuff. Now, that is interesting because I heard of the homophobia, possibly a homophobic attack. I heard possible. But I heard enough in the... I sensed that they were leaving some things out, you know what I mean, that I wasn't getting the whole truth, and I basically moved on. But it's interesting because you're the first person. I've never heard this before, that the alleged attacker was Muslim. Yeah. Now, why would they have left that out of the picture, huh? I mean, maybe it's Jermaine, maybe it's not. Uh Fascinating. All right. Well, thank you, James, and thank you. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow. Hey, Dustin Hoffman, uh, somebody pointed out we were talking about today's date in history, August 8th. They raided Mar-a-Lago. Richard Nixon resigns. And uh, Dustin Hoffman's uh, birthday. How about that? You know, the thing about Dustin Hoffman, he was always young. You know, I mean, uh, very young. The graduate, right? What was his name? Ben and uh, very young, a young man. He was young. Now he's 86 years old. Hope he lives to be 106, but uh, that's that's not young anymore. And uh, it's interesting to me. Tootsie is one of the greatest movies ever made, actually. Funny as hell. I also like uh, Marathon Man. Not the best movie ever made, but there's a, there's a gritty New York feel to it. And uh, I love it. Shot on location here and in Paris. And anyway, I like that movie a lot. What else? A lot of people are uh, uh, talking about this. It's not going away, this silly thing in, in Montgomery, Alabama. I'll get back to it. First, though, you know who has a book coming out? Cassidy Hutchinson. Do you remember that name? Cassidy, the star of the January 6th hearing, Cassidy Hutchinson, with her white suit. And uh, she didn't know anything except what Bob and Tony told her. She was a real office gossip. And here she is telling, uh, you know, she's got a book coming out. I knew it. I knew it. And listen to her tell about, like, is just crap that she heard from somebody else. Is this the one where Liz Cheney is speaking? Do the second one first, okay? This is Liz, uh, Cassidy Hutchinson, the star January 6th witness who didn't know anything. Go. 
We understand, Ms. Hutchinson, that you also spoke to Mr. Cipollone on the morning of the 6th as you were about to go to the rally on the ellipse. And Mr. Cipollone said something to you like, make sure the movement to the Capitol does not happen. Is that correct? That's correct. I saw Mr. Cipollone right before I walked out onto West Exec that morning. And Mr. Cipollone said something to the effect of, please make sure we don't go up to the Capitol, Cassidy. Keep in touch with me. We're going to get charged with every crime imaginable if we make that movement happen. And do you remember which crimes Mr. Cipollone was concerned with? In the days leading up to the 6th, we had conversations about potentially obstructing justice or defrauding the electoral count. We understand, Ms. Hutchinson, that you also... Obstructing justice. So, Pat Cipollone, this is before the riot. You get the drift that this was a setup? Pat Cipollone. I would have called the police instead of gossiping with Cassidy in the driveway. Pat Cipollone, White House counsel. We're going to get charged with obstructing justice? Obstructing what? There hasn't even been an investigation. Did you know there were going to be investigations, Pat? Pat Cipollone. What a joke, huh? Uh, thank God for people like Rudy Giuliani and Bernie Carrick and the rest. They will be ultimately and totally restored and vindicated, those guys. Uh, Pat Cipollone. Isn't that, isn't that a fascinating little clip? Uh, we're going to get charged with every crime imaginable before there was a crime. How about that? All right, there's the music. One second. More on that Montgomery stuff. Your calls. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You want to hear a uh, a little baby Annalise with a little baby... Madeline in the background, here she is making me hamburgers with her Play-Doh, okay? That's what we did this morning. Go ahead, please. What's this? That's a hamburger. <laughs> hamburger, okay. Where are you going? Making his hamburger. Who, what now? His one. Cookie he monsters. doesn't have one. Can you help him make one? And for me, here's your hat. Oh, I can wear this? Yes. Because you're going to be the chef today. I'm going to be the chef today. the chef today. That's why you better make a hamburger for for me and Al and a cookie for dinner for Alma and a hamburger for him. (laughs) A hamburger. Um, It's amazing. I don't know. It's just uh, it's really great. You know, how do they learn all this stuff? And she's not learning it from me. I just, uh, I, you know, I don't get enough time with her. I visit with her occasionally, it seems like, during the day. And she's whipping out all these words, hamburger. She is three. I guess you're supposed to know what a hamburger is at three, but, you know, she gives me a hat. It's like a, it was really like a canvas bag, but she called it a chef's hat and she was wearing it. Then she gave it to me. And, uh, it's, it's, it's very, very nice. Now I know what people were talking about all these years, you know, like, I was never really, quite frankly, interested in uh, children until uh, I had children. I had children. Did you see that dog that's been eating other dogs at the bookstore on the Upper East Side? It's become a big, big deal. The owner of a children's bookshop in Manhattan had a German shepherd. The name of the dog was Psycho. (laughs) Spelled S-Y-K-O. I think that's what they named the dog, though. Psycho. Who attacked other pets. Her latest victim 
Baby the Toy Poodle died. And I'm looking at Psycho, and you know what? Psycho looks a little bit psycho. It's a white German Shepherd, which I don't think I've ever seen one of those before. And uh, it's a quaint little bookshop on the Upper East Side. La Librairie des Enfants. I think it's supposed to be La Bibliothèque des Enfants, but whatever. And Psycho is a 98-pound white German Shepherd with a penchant for eviscerating smaller dogs. On Friday, Akiba Tripp was walking her seven-pound toy poodle baby past the store when the owner opened the door and Psycho lurched out, sank his teeth into baby, and broke her spine. Baby was euthanized that evening. The attack followed two others in May, in which Psycho and his siblings injured three other dogs. Their owner said, call the SWAT team. I'm serious. This dog's got to go. In recent months, the proprietor's German shepherds, five of them, including Psycho's parents, had spent time in the basement and the main area of the store. They terrorized people and dogs alike, according to several victims, along with online reviews of the shop, which has an adjoining cafe. One, two, three. I'm looking at all five German shepherds. They are menacing looking. I like dogs, but German shepherds? Mm. They have a lot of problems with uh, commander and major and champion there at the White House. Remember that phony stuff? Joe, Joe never really genuinely had those dogs. Um, let's see. Uh, yes, Sal. Hi. Sal. Sal. Jonathan, you jerk. I know what you're doing there, Sal. Jonathan, hello. Jonathan. Never mind then. Are you there or what? I'm going to. Yes. Yes. Hi. What's up? <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Everything good? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, getting back to that Alabama thing, I, you know, I don't know if it's a racial thing. I think anybody stay. There's cameras every. You have to be out of your mind to go one-on-one with somebody of a different race. And with all the cameras, there had to be something going on way beforehand that we're not aware of. Just It just doesn't make sense. Like, there's just so much time wasted where you could sit back and take a second. Like, wait a second. What am I doing punching this guy, and is it worth it, you know? I don't know if you're if you're key to punch somebody. If you're, I mean, I mean, I mean, you're saying like, okay, you can punch people, but they better be not be of a different race. Is that what you're kind of saying? No, I'm not saying about race, but just in general, to punch somebody else, you got it, it, well, at least it take me a lot to get there. But what I'm saying is, there's had to be something else, a lot going on beforehand, where a lot of bad words and languages and. Thoughts and expressions were exchanged before somebody takes the next step and commits an assault. So I think people today know better than to do that kind of crap. Uh, people today know better. I don't know, man. Uh, people get arrested for assault all the time. There's always fights. Yeah, you figure with cameras everywhere, it's going to be documented by somebody or something. Um, but I don't know. I mean, there are fights. There are people. There's going to be conflict. I don't like it, but that's the way it is, and I think that's the way it's always going to be. Uh, but somehow, if you are a white person, somehow it makes it worse. It makes it international news if you are the aggressor. I mean, this is a rumble. It's an unfortunate rumble. I've seen rumbles. You want to go online? We'll find a million. We can find a million where there is a good guy and a bad guy, where there is a, uh, a victim and an assailant. But in cases where the victim appears to be black and the assailant appears to be white, that's somehow viral. 
That's somehow international news. And then we'll, by the way, though, we got to stick to that. What's the word? Narrative. So anything that upsets that narrative, like the black guy taking a chair and trying to kill the white woman, we'll just have to ignore that, which is, quite frankly, the most, like, disturbing thing in the whole video. It's the most disturbing thing in the whole video. It really is. Anyway, well, thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate it. Uh, let's try Bob. Yeah, What's up with Greg. the scratchy line, by the way? I thought that we'd fix this. Oh, well, it's okay. Yes, Bob. Yeah, how you doing, Greg? It's uh, nice to chat with you. Uh, I just wanted to say something about about the uh, Georgia never-to-happen indictment only because there's... Oops. I think that's our screwy phone lines. What are you going to do? Oh, there you are. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think the Georgia indictment will ever happen only because of all the government cameras that taken that would that has taken pictures of you know the four people scanning scanning unfolded mail-in ballots for four for six hours when supposedly the sewer backed up when they sent all the Republicans home. Yeah, listen, man. Um, the indictment in Georgia is a joke. They're trying to say that Trump threatened people. You can listen to the tape. I will say this, though, man. I have looked at that security footage. I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. And nobody's been able to decode that or explain that to me sufficiently. I've tried. I've looked at it. I've had people try to say this is what's happening, and I can't tell. So I don't think those, uh, I don't think that security footage, at least in the Atlanta case that I've seen, you know, the one where the thing gets moved under the table. I don't know what I'm looking at. Do you? The ballots. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, dude, we're not there. I mean, look, I'm not saying there could be, it could be evidence of something explicit, but it's never been adequately explained. It's never been adequately investigated. It hasn't. It just hasn't. And I, I know that there was fraud, but that tape in and of itself isn't all that much. It's not been broken down by an expert. It's been broken down by, you know, that anchor. It's been broken down by some guy online, but it's never been broken down by an authority figure, including, you know, my, some of my favorites. So I, I don't think it's there yet, uh, Bob. But hey, that's just me. Uh, let's try Ron real quick. Ron in Freeport. Yep. So Brian, hello. Yep. Hey, how are you? Nice. To, I didn't realize that I was on. Well, get used to it. It's happening. Yes, I know. This is it. Are, so what's up? You're good. Uh, I want to say about um, when they said, I'm going back now to Trump, what he, uh, what they're trying to uh, catch him as if he's some kind of a godfather. But didn't we have Schumer saying, we're going to reap the whirlwind on you. We're going to get you to a private citizen of this country and uh, say it in front of everybody. And nothing has happened. Like I should have had to stand down from his position you're damn right about that thank you for reminding me i have uh done my best to show people that clip uh, you kavanaugh will reap the world when you will know what all that stuff that's a federal crime right there that is a federal crime he is a thug and a bum schumer absolutely absolutely thank you for reminding me that guy that guy how dare that man really how can he show his face in public after what he did and what the kavanaugh family went through you're damn right ron thank you for reminding me i gotta make a note to myself to to get that video out 
That's a very important piece of history right there and proof, proof of the hypocrisy of the entire system. Chuck Schumer, thank you. Anything else? Well, that just burns me up that there has been nothing said about it. Meanwhile, another week or two later, and Tucker is gone under another premise. Well, the thing about Tucker, the thing about Tucker is actually it wasn't that 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 happened like in 2021 or something like that. The uh, the Schumer thing. But the thing that's fascinating about Tucker, Tucker's the guy who had the footage leaked to him or provided to him by Kevin McCarthy of all this stuff that was happening inside the Capitol that we didn't see, the security camera footage. And some of the stuff is absolutely amazing. You know, the Capitol Hill cops escorting the Horns guy all over the place, helping him, helping the Horns guy get to where he needed to be. Now, why would they do that? It was some sort of weird setup. I mean, it's right there. And all they could say is, how dare Tucker Carlson show this? How dare he show this? That reaction to me was frightening, actually. They called it selective editing. Well, what? The, first of all, it wasn't selectively edited. The other thing is, what did they do during the January 6th hearings? I am so proud of this. So, by the way, you know, I have a, I, I have another platform and I did seven, how many, seven times more coverage actually on this show of that footage than all of Fox News combined. I even did more than Tucker. Uh, I credited Tucker because he was the one who got it. So uh, anyway, thank you very much for that. That's uh, that's very, very important. Oops, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, we're back. Mayor Giuliani was listening to the show, jumped up out of his seat when I talked about the Georgia video. Hey, I did say, Mr. Mayor, that... There may be something there, but I don't know what know, it is. I, know. I don't know how to, so that we've, it's hard to do because we don't, you know, this is radio. We can't show people. I but know, I know. There's a video and it's got a bunch of election workers. And what am I missing? What's going on here? Well, first of all, the video is nine hours long. And that's one of the reasons why it's uh, confusing. And there's only about two hours that are relevant. Number two, they've done a good job with the governor and the attorney general both lying about it. Uh, but if you just look at the video, which I saw for the first time in the state legislative hearing. I didn't produce it. I didn't find it. And I certainly didn't edit it, as they falsely claim. I've never touched it, just watched it. The video shows the counting of votes in the state arena. There were hidden security cameras nobody knew about. Ten days after the election, the owner of the arena looked at it, came to the Trump people and said, these people were cheating like crazy. Hands it to them, and here's what it shows. It shows that... The workers throw everybody out at 10 o'clock at night. In Georgia, in order to count the votes, you have to do it in public. If you don't do it in public, the vote is invalid. The two workers go to the place where the people are standing, the gallery, throw them all out. They then case the place twice to make sure everybody's gone. And after about a 10-minute wait, while everybody is gone, they go to the center of the arena where there's a big desk, with a blanket over it. They pick up the blanket and they pull ballots out from under the blanket. They then take those ballots and count them. Every one of those blankets is illegally counted because the public had been excluded. There were also witnesses who will testify that they were trying to get in at the time and weren't allowed to get in. Those ballots were 98% Biden. Huh. Now, no, nobody knows if they were crooked ballots or not because nobody got to see them. 
but they were counted in a crooked way. They should have been discounted. They weren't. And then the attorney general just pronounces that it was perfectly legal and never explains why, because Rassenberger is dirty. Totally dirty, that guy? Absolutely totally dirty. What do we mean by that? What we mean by that is he uh, conceals the fact that he was a virulent anti-Trumper before. Uh, Five days, six days after the election, as Bernie Kerik uh, uh, testified last night, he got a report from his own people who told them that the election was terribly screwed up. He then goes on for months telling people it was perfect, nothing was wrong with it, tells the president that. That doesn't come out until eight months later or nine months later when John Solomon gets it in an FOIA report. He was hiding it at the bottom of his desk. Now, how do you go ahead and say that he never investigates any of those allegations, which was some of the same allegations that we had? Uh, Plus, if they were straight, they would have let us examine the paper ballots. We went through three recounts and we counted the same damn ballots over and over again. The same crooked ballots that we never got to see. I requested, show me the ballots, let my expert look at them, and let me see if they're crooked. My people were telling me an awful lot of those ballots look pristine, which means they're not been folded. If they haven't been folded, they're phony ballots because you have to fold an absentee ballot. Right. All right. So, look, um, you and... And Bernie Carrick, you guys are going to be, you guys, you guys might be able to save this country. I'm telling you, right? I feel we got like- him in Georgia. We got the best case in Georgia. We've got the best case of fraud in Georgia. Plus, we have 19 state senators who wrote a letter to Pence. They did an investigation and interviewed 130 witnesses and concluded that Trump won the state. And they wrote it to, and it's all written out, wrote it to Pence and asked Pence for five more days so they could get it on the record. And he wouldn't give it to them. And no matter what he says, he had the discretion to do that. The, the, the fact is the Constitution doesn't say he can't do it, and the Constitution doesn't say he can do it. So it's in his discretion. Wow. He is not telling the truth. And as far as I know, and all the conversations I was part of, and I have to say here, I'm a little bit at a loss because I was not part of the conversations with Pence. But all the preparatory conversations, the Eastman theory was, not that Pence would decide the election, but that Pence would comply with the legitimate request of state legislators who said, we're very worried this is a phony count. And then they gave specifics, the Georgia one being overpowering, even an opponent of it in Pennsylvania who had originally started saying this election wasn't fixed, had changed his mind and asked if they get another chance in Pennsylvania to take a look at the vote. He closed that down. Mm-hmm. That's why Trump was so upset. Mm-hmm. Trump is not an irrational man. Oh, I just heard, I just heard, uh, what's her name? Hutchinson, Cassidy Hutchinson, say that Pat Cipollone told her the morning of January 6th, before anything happened, yeah. that we're going to be charged with everything in the book. We're going to be charged with obstruction. We're going to be charged with fraud. And he says this before the January 6th stuff went down. Just tell our people who Pat Cipollone is. Pat, I, Pat, I, Pat was the chief counsel to the president. In other words, his government lawyer. Yeah. I was his personal counsel. He was his government counsel. So and he, he was, was functioning. Was he bad? No, I like Pat very much. I mean, I disagree with him at times. I also agree with him at times. Uh, I don't think that Pat would have said that. Now, Cassidy, I can't even remember. She claims to have had a conversation with me. I will swear to God it never happened. She said she walked me out of the White House. First of all, I was never walked out of the White House. I walked several people out of the White House. I mean, thrown out. Yeah. 
I've walked several people out of the White House at the president's request. And second, she would hardly be the one to walk me out of the White House. Right. I don't know what she's all about, but I got to tell you, everything she said that I know about is fiction. Would you do me a favor and stand by? Unhappy girl. Sandra, yes, in New Jersey, you're on with me and the mayor. Oh, boy, oh, boy, hit the jackpot. You know, I wanted to say to you both that I had the inauguration edition of the the Washington Post when Trump got elected. And on the first page, you see unhappy faces like Paul Ryan. And on the second page, you know what you see? Campaign to impeach Trump over financial holdings has begun. So what I want to say here is from day one, they went after him. The public never had a chance to know anything good about this man. He didn't do this for the money like others. You know who I mean. He did this for us, for the country. So I had more to say, but I know there's no more time. So that's enough to cover. All right, Sandra. Thank you so much. She's the best, huh? That was powerful. Totally. The day you're inaugurated, they want to impeach you. And, and look, this is this is chapter 10 that started, well, a year before that. Right. You could write a book and each one could be a chapter of how to frame Trump, how to frame Trump, how to frame Trump. This one fails. Let's try another one. How to frame him. Let's try another one. Let's, let's uh, make believe that he bribed, uh, uh, that he bribed, uh, uh, Zelensky when in fact Biden bribed Poroshenko. Let's make up the Ukrainian conversation and hide the hard drive. That, that's the one that kills me. How does Ray and, uh, to this point, how does Ray and, um, and the Attorney General Barr get away with hiding the hard drive, and nobody wants to know why were you hiding it for a year? Mm. What's your what's your justification for that? I mean, the country, forget Trump, the country was entitled to hear that. They were lying to the country. They were lying to our citizens when they when when the fifty one intelligence experts put out what was a bold faced lie that Barr had to know was a lie that that was Russian disinformation because he had validated it eight months earlier. He feels no obligation to correct that? What kind of skunk is he? You're a skunk, Bill Barr, a skunk. Well, he's too small to be a skunk. I mean, he's too big to be a skunk. Another name. Well, he's some, he's a rat. No, that's too small, too. <laughs> Mr. Mayor, have a great show. I'll see you all later. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.